You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. guest plays for York nine. He was the only player to play every minute of every game last season. He has played for Rangers, Airdrie, Falkirk, and Greenock Morton. He's now as Scottish as awful boiled in a sheep's stomach. Ladies and gentlemen, the landlord and staff of the Down the Pub podcast are pleased to introduce Luca Gasparato. Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. We are joined by the heirs rock of York nine's defense, uh, Luca Gasparato. Thanks for uh, joining us this week, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you uh, for having me on. And uh, our resident barfly, uh, Carlos Benitez, is here with us again. Thanks for <laughs> hanging out again, Carlos. No, no problem. Hello, hello. And thanks, Luca, for coming up to the pub. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So uh, I guess the, the first question is, um, how did you cope through all the whole COVID thing? Um, it's just like everyone else. I mean, uh, it, uh, it took me a while to realize how serious it was. And then, uh, once we actually, you know, found out what it, what it was and what we were dealing with, you know, it was a lot of, uh, staying inside, staying away from public areas. Um, we were off training for, I think a few months and, uh, you know, you're just trying to, to keep yourself fit and ready to go. That was kind of the daily routine, wake up, run and then stay inside the rest of the day and, and stay away from people so um you know it's a, a terrible thing that's going on it's been uh, hard on a lot of people it's affected a lot of people and uh you know it's uh it's taken a group effort to get through this and uh to continue to get through the remains of this and then hopefully back to normal soon so um we've all dealt with it i think uh myself my family and uh, my teammates have all dealt with it in the right way properly staying away from people and uh hopefully we'll get back to uh what we like what we love doing soon it's it's also been a kind of um it's also kind of been like a nice uh kind of different way to connect with the fans i guess right i mean there's been like the clubs have all come up with novel ideas like uh, i know the wanderers had like a, a trivia night with the players and stuff like mm-hmm. that like so have you found that you've been able to connect with the fans uh, a little bit better like because obviously you have a bit of time now to to hang out with them and stuff like through zoom and stuff yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the club's been great in setting up calls like this and, uh, you know, Zoom calls with different uh, soccer clubs around the York region. I've uh, been in on a few of those talking to, you know, the little kids and the next generation of of players that will hopefully, hopefully follow in the footsteps. And uh, it's been great. It's been great to interact with the fans and to, uh, you know, stay involved in some way because I know if uh, the season was, um, if we were playing the season right now, we'd be out in the public, we'd be going to the soccer clubs and talking to kids that way. So it was nice that we were still able to do it um, the virtual way. And that's been great. I know uh, the kids enjoy it. You know, they look up to us and it's been able to share our experiences with them and uh, hopefully give them some motivation to follow in our footsteps and to uh, 
um, become more involved in what's going on in Canadian soccer once all the uh, the play resumes and we're able to get them out to games again. So it's been, it's been really good to do that. So how great was it to be finally back out there, able to, to train and stuff like that? As you said, you were kind of stuck inside for three months. So, uh, yeah. How awesome was it to be back out there like with the lads and doing your thing? Yeah, it was uh, it was great for maybe the first ten minutes until we realized that uh, <laughs> we were gonna get beaten down on uh, our fitness. So um, no, no, it was great. It was nice to be back out. We started in small groups, uh, groups of four, and that lasted for a couple of weeks. Um, and then we just recently uh, last Monday moved to uh, stage two, which was groups of ten, and that's been going on for a couple of weeks. So that's been nice to get a bigger group. Um, still no contact and and stuff. It's still more individual focus just in a bigger group if that makes sense a lot of circuit a lot of crossing and finishing um a lot of running so it's been uh it's been nice to be back out on the field and to to be back with the guys even though we can't you know get close and and you know hug and stuff (laughs) i think a few of the guys are missing the guys are missing the hugs from the boys so um uh, it's not the same getting it from the girlfriend so <laughs> uh, but no it's, it's been great it's been great being back on the field and uh, to touch the ball again as well I mean a lot of the guys where they are they don't have you know apartments and houses they don't have the facilities to go and kick a ball around for the three months we were off and, and do stuff like that so it's been uh, it's been great to get on the field and to, to have the ball at the feet again yeah, it must have been cool to see like some of the lads suffer through, you know, because obviously you're just doing a Zoom workout, you're just at home on your own and all that kind of stuff, like looking over and you see somebody keeled over. Yeah. <laughs> it must be nice to see, like you just kind of laugh at them and stuff, just have that little yeah, bit of banter yeah. again. Exactly. I mean, you can't really tell uh, how tired they are through the Zoom Zoom calls, but uh, you can <laughs> see it on the field. Uh, I think it's a bit of a shock going back to training and, and three of our boys had their hair dyed blonde. I mean... <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but I mean, I guess uh, <laughs> quarantine hits everyone in a different way. So, hey. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I dyed I, I my beard gray, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> wearing a hat because yeah. I haven't got a haircut yet. So. Things are open in, in Ontario, right? Right now, like places are slowly back to normal, right? Yeah, we just uh, we just entered phase two. I think the full province is in mm-hmm. phase two now. So, uh <laughs> This is more like a personal question, though. Um, what was the first thing you wanted to do once everything became phase two? You know, like you were missing just like hanging out with your teammates. Like, what, what was the first thing you wanted to do? Just yeah, get a haircut, like, but I still don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know, die blonde? <laughs> no, I'm dying, I never do that, but I, I do need to clean up. Um, well, definitely getting back out in bigger groups was nice, you know, seeing a few of my friends, obviously in the proper procedures with the social distancing. Um, I went to a patio last weekend uh, with my brother just for a nice outdoor meal at a restaurant. It felt so weird, um, you know, walking in and, and giving them phone numbers and answering surveys before you yeah. sit down to eat a meal. So that was a bit weird, but I mean, it was nice to get out, enjoy the sunshine and uh, have that social uh socialness again which was uh good and then obviously being back training in, in bigger groups has been great it, it kind of feels weird doesn't it like when i go to a restaurant now, i feel like i'm going to the airport in customs yeah like you know, <laughs> ask questions ask where you've been your phone you number again, full, yeah like you know you want to check check my backpack too like, to yeah, see, exactly. like you know <laughs> so uh, taking it more back in, into your early career, so to start more like about, you know, the football questions and everything, not to keep it all COVID, you know, just like make it more fun. Um, you play for a long time in Scotland. Um, yeah. 
So my question to you is basically, how did that happen? If you can share more of your story, who was at, uh, if I'm not like, I check it out, like you went for a tryout, like wasn't any aging approach. Like you can tell us a bit more about how was that experience? Because you move when you were 16. So that's a pretty big step, you know, like you probably going to be missing home a lot. So if you can share more of your experiences with us. I guess I'll start with the, uh, I was part of the under 17 uh, Canadian team that uh, went to the World Cup in Mexico. And uh, I was 15 at the time. And um, after we participated in the, in the World Cup, I, I had an agent at the time. And he got me a few trials over in, uh, in the UK. So I flew over with my dad and uh, I spent two weeks on trial at Watford in England. And uh, mm-hmm. after that, it didn't work out. We drove up to Scotland, to Glasgow, and uh, I had a two-week trial with them, played three friendlies. It was in their preseason at that time. So I played three friendlies. And uh, after the two weeks, they, they were interested in me, um, offered me a three-year contract. And uh that's pretty much it. And then after that, it just moved so quickly. I, I flew back home, packed up all my stuff. And then two weeks later, I was moving across the, uh, the ocean. So um, it all happened pretty quick. Um, but I mean, that was what I wanted to do at that age. Uh, that was always what I wanted to do. I was willing to make the sacrifices of, you know, leaving high school after grade 10. I, I didn't finish high school. I, um, you know, leaving all my friends, leaving my family, um, moving across the world to a, a place that, you know, was completely new to me. Thankfully, they, they spoke the uh, same language, I would say. I mean, it is uh, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it took some time to get used to. Yeah. You know? it, um, yeah. But, uh, that Glasgow accent is something else. Oh, man, it's just crazy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, after getting used to it and uh, being there for a few months, I found my way around. I, I settled in very quickly. Um, it was great because, you know, the, the, the team was training six days a week. So, that kept mm-hmm. me busy. That kept me going. And then on my off time, I just kind of got used to the, the, my surroundings, the new culture, I guess, and uh, the way they live over there. And uh, as a 16-year-old boy from Canada, it's it's an eye-opener to see what these people live like and to see a completely different place that you've, you're not familiar with and, and how they live. And, uh, I mean... Yeah, this is Scotland, right? Not Mars, right? It's like no, I know. the way I you're describing it's like yeah, these, these weird, weird. But I mean, people. I'm not walking down the street in Whitby and seeing five pubs back to back to back to back. You know, the dream of a 16 year old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, but uh, no, it was great. It was a great experience for myself. I spent seven years in Scotland at various clubs. Um, as a, as a young kid from Canada, you never really expect to be in that position in, in such a, a great club, a huge club in Europe. And, you know, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, I loved every minute of my time there. I've made lifelong friends. I've said I can make my professional debut in front of 52,000 people at Ibrox. I mean, not a lot of people mm-hmm. can, can say that. So it's yeah. pretty cool looking back on it and uh, definitely memories I'll, I'll take with me for the rest of my life. As a 16, I think like in the first season, you shared the locker room with another Canadian guy. Yeah. It's uh, Fraser, Fraser Eric. Eric. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. that make your, uh, I think he came for the academy. Did that make your adaptation easily? Like, you know, to the team and everything? Was he younger than you or? 
Me and Fraser, we, we go way back. We used to play club uh, club soccer against each other. Uh, mm-hmm. I was with Ajax. He was with Pickering. So we had a bit of a rivalry just uh, the neighboring town. So we've known we've known each other for a long time. And he actually signed for Rangers, I believe, two months before I did. Um, so that obviously made the tra- transition a bit easier going over and, and knowing someone within the club. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up living together for the first three years with a billet family. So we lived... Uh, we lived with a family over there just around the corner from the training ground. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that helped a lot, you know, knowing someone, I think Fraser thinks he's more Scottish than Canadian, but, uh, <laughs> knowing someone from over here made it a little bit easier. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny how things work out and you end up in the same team together. You know, we, we played under 20, under 17s, under 20s, and then we played in the first team together. So that was, uh, that was pretty crazy. And, and now he's, he's in the CPL as well. So he's following me around. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And so did you, when you came back, did you have like the, that thick Scottish accent or? Cause no, no. <laughs> I, I, I mean, um, maybe on a few words or when I got a bit angry, you know, but a, a bit of it would come out and, uh, I think my parents said I, I had it for um, four or five months after I came home and then kind of dropped it. So, um, yeah, definitely not an accent. Uh, you, you had an accent, but you said it was a weird mix. Here. It was a weird mix between the Canadian and Scottish. And it, like yeah. I said, it would come out on a few words, but uh, it was weird. I mean, I was living there and then uh, it all sounded normal. When I came back to Canada for my, you know, off season and uh, to see my family and stuff, people here sounded like they had accents. Like, like, you know, the Scottish people (laughs) sounded normal. And then when I came home, I'm like, oh my God, you guys all have accents. So it was uh, was weird. Host. Yeah, exactly. Um, So yeah, like I I saw uh, Fraser was on uh, Instagram there the other day, like playing the bagpipes or something. He really does think he's Scottish, yeah? (laughs) Oh, he loves it. He absolutely loves it. So, so like obviously, like uh, Ibrox, like you said, you made your debut there. It's like it's one of the, the world's most famous stadiums. Like, what what was it like going out in front of all those people, and how would you like block out block that out? Because obviously, you have to concentrate on the team in front of you and the game and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was the last day of the season. This was when we uh, were in Division Two, so it was the last game of the season. I came on as a sub for I think the four games prior to that. But it was the last game of the season. It was the trophy lifting day. It was packed. Like I said, 52,000. It was a sellout. And uh, I found out maybe three hours before the game that I was starting. And then, I mean, I couldn't eat my pregame meal. The, the nerves were just <laughs> swinging in. I'm like, oh, my God. Texting my family, friends, saying, you watch the game. I'm, I'm playing today. And, uh, you know, just walking through that tunnel and, and hearing the noise – you, you couldn't block it out. It would have taken 15 pairs of earmuffs to block it out. It was insane how loud it was. Beautiful day. I remember I wasn't able to, to speak for the first, like, 10 minutes of the game. You know, that dry mouth when you're uh, just uh, – it was just amazing, the, the atmosphere of that game. And then, you know, after you make your, your first pass, you win your first couple of headers, first tackle, then you settle right into it, block it out, and it's just another game of, of soccer. So – um, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't get to finish the game. I went down with cramp at I think eighty minutes. Uh, I guess it's just a different level, a different level, yeah. a different tempo. I wasn't used to. So I went down with cramp, but I still got to lift the trophy at the end of the day and and, and do the walk around the pitch, which was cool. That, that's that's incredible, though. Like I mean, like 
52,000 screaming Rangers fans is yeah. uh, it's definitely a sight to behold. So right. obviously, like um, it was a it was a bit of a turbulent time at the club. Then obviously, like they'd been like kind of demoted down all the divisions and stuff like that. Like, what was it like at the club? Like, pretty much starting from scratch. What was the what was the the, the feelings around the club? What was the atmosphere? Yeah, from a club standpoint, I mean, it wasn't ideal. Um, obviously, it was one of the biggest clubs in Europe, and and to go through something like that. It was, it was going to be tough for the club. Everyone everyone knew that. You know, we'd lose players. We we uh, wouldn't be able to have the budget that we would if we were in the Premier Premier League. But at the same time, as a young boy coming through in the academy, he realized, you know, this is the this is the opportunity to to play games and to get into the first team setup. And uh, a few of the boys took that. A few of the boys got the opportunity and and, and played regularly in the first team. Uh, a boys a few boys a few old a uh, few years older than I was. But uh, I mean, from a from a club standpoint, even in, in Division Two, we would sell out the stadium. You know, you're playing a, a semi-professional team. You know, half of them are, are working side jobs, plumbing, electricians, and then coming to Ibrox and playing in front of fifty thousand on a, a Tuesday night. I mean, in Division Two, it's it's crazy, and and that lasted all the way through the the divisions. I mean, the fans over there. They're one of a kind. I mean, it's their life. Um, they'd go through anything for the club. So that was just great to see, you know, supporting the club through the tough times and, and eventually getting us back to um, to the Premier League and, and where we belonged. I mean, it was uh, definitely a hit in the stomach, but uh, we took the blows. We uh, rebuilt, and uh, it's great to see the club back on top and, and you know, um, contesting Celtic for the title and, and participating in the Europa League as well. Uh, it's, it's great to see from where they were, you know, five, six years ago. Yeah, like, I, like I, I, as I told you, like I'm, a, I'm a Celtic fan, but like Rangers and Celtic need each other to survive in, in that exactly. league. And it's, um, it's, it's definitely a strong Rangers makes a strong Celtic. Like, I mean, the run that they had like the last two years in the Europa League has been incredible. Yes. Um, you did get to play under uh, Ali McCoyst, who was obviously a, a Rangers legend. Rangers legend, yeah. So, what, what's that like? Like, I mean, it's like yeah, it's, it was uh, it was Tim and Ian Durant at the time, another uh, Rangers legend. So incredible. Uh, Durant, he's definitely one of a kind. I mean, he is uh, some guy. He's serious <laughs> when he needs to be, but then you know you can just switch it to to your pal, pretty much, and just you know the banter and uh, the jokes and slagging the young boys, just just everything. I mean, it was it was it was definitely a fun time. I mean going into preseason that next year um, and, you know, being there from the start and uh, being involved with all the boys from day one, that was, that was great. And working under McCoyst and, and Durant, they definitely knew their stuff and they, uh, they definitely taught me a lot. And um, even when I went on alone that season, you know, they were keeping tabs on me. They, uh, they were getting my feedback from the coaches and uh, seeing how I was doing and just monitoring where I was. And that was great as well. I mean, they always supported the young boys. They always, um, look to get the young boys involved with the first team and uh, I, I can't say nothing but praise for the two of them I've seen Ali Ali used to do a TV show called The Question Sport on TV and he's a funny guy like is he like that in real life or yeah he is he is I mean like I said he's got his serious moments where you know you don't want to be in front of him and <laughs> you know, when he's yelling at but uh, at the same time you know he's very very funny lots of banter likes to be involved with the boys gets involved in the training you know he doesn't have what he used to have but you know <laughs> still a lot of fun still a lot of fun when he joins in you know and you're, you're you're megging him and then wondering if you're gonna play the next game so. 
<laughs> one of those where he's uh, he's he's a very good guy, and he was uh, great to be around him. That, that'd be incredible. Like texting back home to the lads, like I just two footed Ali McQuaid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so as you said, that you had like a few uh, uh, games out on loan. You went to uh, Falkirk. Was it Falkirk you went on loan? Yeah, yeah. Greenwich Court and stuff like that. So. As a Rangers fan, like as a Rangers player, like there's obviously people when you're playing that kind of lower division, kind of Scottish football, they're like, like do they treat you differently? Like do they, um, like do the opposition kind of go like, take that, you, you know, Mister Big Time, or like did you find that when you're playing? No, uh, no, not really. I mean, uh, I went on loan my first season. I went to Airdrie and I played the full season there. You know, I was 18 years old and uh, it was League One at the time. And all, I mean, all the boys were great. Um, from the moment I stepped in there, the coaching staff, the boys made me feel welcome. Um, I didn't get any targeting from the opposition teams uh, for being from Rangers. I don't think that really exists over there. Everyone just wants to play a hard game no matter who they're up against. So, uh, you know, I really enjoyed my time on loan at Airdrie. And then the following year, I went to Morton um, and had another good season there. And then uh, after that, I left Rangers and then signed for Falkirk permanently for, for two seasons. And then after that, ended up back on loan at Morton. So kind of a full cycle. But I mean, everywhere I went, it was, uh, you know, every change I've been in, the boys were fantastic. The coaching staff, there was always uh, the chemistry among the boys, which made it really nice to walk into. I mean, they don't get a lot of guys from Canada walking into their changing room, but, you know, they still made me feel welcome, made me feel a part of the of the group and a part of the boys. And uh, like I said, I've made many friends over there that I'm still keeping in touch with and uh, following how they're getting on in their career. So um, it was definitely great being a part of every one of those teams. Yeah, uh, just before I give a pass back over to Carlos there, like uh, you did have a strong connection with, with, with Greenick Morton. Like, so mm. what was it about that club that kept you going back? Like, it's it's kind of like, you know, as you said, like you, you went there on loan, went to Falkirk and then went back again. Like, what was it about the club that would like, that wants you to keep going back? Uh, the boys and the coaches. Um, Jim Duffy in particular, he was uh, the coach there for the first uh, season I went on loan and then he re-signed me um, after my time at Falkirk. And, uh, you know, he's a very old school, hard coach. Um, likes to work with the defenders, which I loved. Uh, I mean, I learned a lot from him. Um, and I felt myself progress over the seasons that I was with Morton. So um, once I knew they were interested in me again, it was an easy decision to go back after my first time around with them. Uh, most of the changing was the exact same, which made it nice for me uh, getting back into to the same group of people. and. Uh, you know, the, the, the club, the fan base, um, the, it's not the biggest club. It's uh, quite a small club, little tight stadium uh, on the water. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great time there. And uh, I learned a lot from being in that environment, you know, not necessarily the same as being at Rangers where, you know, you have your food cooked for you. You got your washing done every day. Um, you know, you got pools, high high-end gym, everything like that. I mean, Sometimes you have to do your own laundry. You have to bring your own lunches. And uh, it was just kind of a different aspect of, of football over there. And uh, to see what these boys go through and, and how they do it, you know, is a real eye-opener as well. And uh, to see how other clubs do it. And uh, I was lucky enough, I, I, like I said, was in a great group of boys and a great change rooms throughout my time over there. So it made it easy. You, you poor bastard having to do your own laundry and yeah. bring your own lunch. My heart bleeds for you. I think I have to call my mom like, hey, mom, how do I do this? 
Oh um, my God. You know what? I, uh, speaking of Scotland, you know, moving on a little bit to the CPL, um, this is a new league. And I feel like a lot of people here watches the Premier League and kind of like take homage of the way of style, the mm-hmm. physicality and everything. And you play for a while in Scotland. So you kind of were like tailor-made with, with Scottish style and everything. How that helped you uh, physically with the demands of the CPL? It definitely helped. It's definitely a physical game over there. A lot of direct play, you know, launch it up to the strikers, fight with the center backs and, and win the second balls and play off that. So um, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a brute. I would like to <laughs> think I'm, I'm good at playing football. <laughs> I enjoy the ball at my feet. I enjoy playing out of the back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to add that physical style to my game, what I learned over there, it just, uh, you know, kind of made me the uh, the complete center back. I mean, you know, I wouldn't say anything other than that. I mean, I, I like to use my strength. I'm not the quickest, but I, I like to think I make up with that with my uh, my thinking and my awareness, you know, where to be and reading the game. Um, and yeah, learning the, uh, the, the physical side of the game over there and having the ability at my feet to play out of the back and, and to have the ball um, at my feet and start the play, it, it was... Uh, it was a very good combination to bring back over here, you know, where York nine, where we like to play out of the back and then to play everything short and build up out of the back. And then also the physical side of it, playing against these big strikers, fast strikers um, that you come up in this league. So it was definitely, uh, it definitely helped me a lot to transition over into the CPL. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's great that I was able to do that. And speaking of uh, European style, uh, Jimmy Brennan, yeah, he played in in Europe for a while. So, did he mention something to you? You know, like keep doing that, like that style, kind of tactics. Like, what, what was his approach to you coming, both of you guys from the, that European school, kind mm-hmm. of like the same style? Jimmy, um, Jimmy's the type of coach. He wants to. He's very tactical, and he likes to play out of the back. So, you know, every meeting I've had with them, it's, it's how to start the play, how to, uh, you know, give angles, building out of the back, having the ball at my feet. Very rarely will he ask me to look long unless I have to. And uh, that's kind of been his emphasis from day one. And with myself, the other center backs that he brings in, he looks for center backs that have that ball playing ability and are able to start plays and to find those tight spaces and being comfortable with the ball at the feet. And it's been like that the whole way. You know, he's always... Um, He's always helping me out. He's always passing along some tips from when he played. Um, he played left back, but I mean, um, he's still able to help out the other defenders and, and to share his his experiences with us and to help us grow into uh, to better defenders and to better attackers as well. I'll say because we do yeah. start the plays and we do create um, you know some chances with the the long ball, the switch the of play, ball. finding passes into the midfielders. So. Um, we, I don't think we got a, enough credit, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people look at defenders and say, you just need to head the ball, just need to tackle and, and clear the ball, keep the ball in the net. But uh, we're equally as important going forward and, and starting plays and creating attacks. Yeah. You scored one goal, I think, last season, two, right? Two goals. Two, two, goals. Goals. two goals. There you go. Get it right, Carlos. Come on, man. Two goals. <laughs> how, how, how was it? Like, how, how, did, how did it feel? You know, like, do you see, like, because normally, nowadays, like, defenders normally go for that header and then they just want to keep going. 
Yeah, yeah. It was, there were two headers from set pieces, one a free <laughs> kick and one a corner kick, both yeah. against Edmonton. So, yeah, uh, I don't know what it is against them, but uh, <laughs> hopefully I can keep scoring. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as a defender, you want to get up into set pieces and mm -hmm. uh, corners, free kicks. You want to be up there and, and challenging for the ball. Um, if I'm being honest, I'd like to, you know, contribute a bit more. I think I had one assist and two goals last year, but, you know, so you uh, with my yourself. size, yeah, with my mm -hmm. size and uh, my jumping ability, I can easily create a bit more, maybe score a few more goals as well. So that's definitely something I'm looking to improve on. So um, you, so you want to be like the Sergio Ramos of the Canadian? Yeah, hey, Sergio <laughs> Ramos is in the league in his own, but um, yeah, I'll be a Pepe if you want. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll make sure that Peter Shala is barking at corners and free kicks so you don't score yeah. against us this year. Yeah. <laughs> one last one is a defender. Um, who has been the top striker in the Canadian Premier League that you have to? Mark on this is when you see him say like this this guy's I can't keep on him um you know there's been a few there's been a few guys that you know I've never in no disrespect I haven't heard of and then they come on and and they've been they've had a fantastic season uh mm -hmm. Campbell for example Angaro uh goal scoring machines had a great season last year Um, but if I would say there, if there was one that's the toughest to play against, it would have been Malonga from uh, from Dominic. Calgary. Yeah, um, I actually ended up playing against him in Scotland. I was with uh, Falkirk, and he was with Hibbs. So we played against each other a few times in Scotland, and then met up again in the CPL and playing against each other again. So uh, he's a handful. He's he's quick. He's strong. He's got a good eye for goal. Um, mm -hmm. I'll give your guys, uh, Akeem Garcia, a little shout out as well. He's a little tricky, <laughs> tricky player, good eye for goal, wow. and uh, <laughs> he's, he's tricky and, and fast as well. So he was a bit tough to play against. I know he scored, uh, I think, one against us when we played there. But uh, yeah, a lot of good players in this league. And like I said, a lot of players that, you know, may not have gotten a chance if this league wasn't there and wouldn't, wouldn't be able to show themselves and, and and play but uh it's been great to see that and to see these players come through and and to uh it's nice to be able to play against them and to have that challenge that little battle going on right on right on go for it anthony yeah i'm just kind of um like speaking to some of the, the players here in canada like i guess always the dream was to play in europe so you're you're in europe you're playing in scotland um what was it about the york nine project that made you want to leave Scotland then and come back home to, 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 to York? Yeah, I just kind of hit the end in Scotland, if I'm being honest. Um, I was, there was a lot of stuff that went on over there. Um, I was going to re-sign for Morton for a following season for my eighth year over there. Um, so I was going to re-sign and then Jim Duffy got let go. And then I flew back to Canada for my off season got a message while I was in Canada that uh, the new manager coming in wasn't going to sign me. Um, even after I got the, the contract offer. So, you know, I was in Canada. I was going back to Scotland in a week without a club. Um, so that time it was very difficult. And that's, I think, one of the difficult parts of being a footballer is, you know, what happens when you don't have a contract and uh, you're out of a job pretty much. And so I wasn't playing for maybe a month, a month and a half, just, you know, running, staying fit and waiting for an opportunity to come. And unfortunately, I, have, I came to a point where, You know, I wasn't playing. I wasn't generating an income. I was living in the uh, the attic of my now ex-girlfriend's uh, place in Scotland. Um, and I just, you know, I had to sit down and think what I really wanted to do. And uh, 
I knew about the CPL. Um, I knew um, that it was going to happen and it wasn't going to start until April, April-ish, May, April um, of the last season. And this would have been in August. So I had a good six, seven months before, you know, I, I could potentially be playing again. But uh, I made a decision to come back home to kind of regroup, to reset um, and figure out a plan. I sold all my stuff and then moved home in literally the space of three, four days. So um, that was a big decision. And uh, I'm glad I made it. I mean, that, that off time between coming back home and playing again, I, uh, I got a job in a restaurant. I worked as a server host just to kind of get some money in and to, to keep myself going. Um, I was training with York University um, a couple of days a week, you know, just training wherever I could. I was training with my dad's, my dad runs an academy in Durham. I was training with his under 14s, under 15s, just, you know, trying to stay fit, keeping getting touches on the ball and uh, you know, staying ready for when uh, we do start. And then Luckily enough, I uh, got to quit my job at the restaurant and start playing again. <laughs> that was, uh, that was um, you know, it was nice to have that uh, end goal and to get to that and then, uh, you know, start playing again and getting ready for what was the first season of the CPL. And, uh, I mean, I couldn't have asked for anything more. I think uh, the season went fantastically um, for myself and for the league. Um, it was definitely a, t a tough season, but a great first season. And I think it exceeded a lot of people's expectations from the professionalism, from the standard of play, the players that are part of the league. And, uh, you know, it was, it was great to be a part of. And, uh, and uh, I'm very glad to this day that I made that decision to come home and, and to kind of regroup and, and reset. Do you miss the tips? <laughs> you always miss the tips but I mean it's football <laughs> Anthony you miss the ball at the feet more so uh, Anthony we gotta hire him you yeah, I know yeah, 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 yeah you're right <laughs> so, so, so I guess like do you think that's, that played a part then like having that hunger because you almost like fell out of the game that's why you played every minute of every game yeah. last year did definitely that, I think that, uh, that drove you yeah, you know, when you're close to, to losing it, you know, something that's been in your life since 16, I didn't have anything else. Like I said, I, I left high school after grade 10. I uh, didn't have any prior work experience. I was lucky that my best friend was the manager in the restaurant so I could get the job. Um, but other than that, I mean, football has been my life. And, you know, it was uh, it was something I never wanted to go through again, you know, not having a club, having to find other work. Um so uh, from August when I came home to the start of the season, you know, I was running every single day. I was doing two-a-days. I was training wherever I could just to be in the best possible condition, the best possible shape going into a season. And, uh, I mean, it was a goal of mine to play as much as possible. And, you know, never thought I'd be uh, the only one to play every game. But uh, it was definitely <laughs> something that I wanted to do. I wanted to play as much as possible. It's the only way to get better. It's the only way to uh, continue to grow into a footballer. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of people to thank for it, you know, specifically the, uh, the coaching staff and the physios. But uh, it, was, it was nice to be, you know, part, a little bit of history and to, to be able to play as much as I did last year. Um, you you could have you could have said like a, a great thanks to the under 15s that your dad coached. So we were talking to uh, Angus there last week or the week before. Um, 
the and we we're kind of just talking about the obviously with Emilio going to Europe and then mine coming into the club and all that kind of stuff. What was it like from the, the player's standpoint? Like what when what was the buzz around the place when uh, Emilio got to fly off to Europe and, and the, the the big leagues? Like uh, what was the buzz around the, the squad? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's great. Great to see. It's great to see any player getting uh, a move abroad or you know a move to a higher league. Um, I say that in all respect to the Canadian Premier League. I know it's just been the first season, um, and uh, we still have a ways to go to become one of those top top leagues. But uh, yeah, I mean, all the boys are happy for Emilio. It's uh, you know he's a great player, a great technical player, and uh, I think he'll do really well over there. So uh, it, it was buzzing to see him go. Um, and also get Ryan coming back the other way. Um, that was uh, an added bonus as well. Uh, he performed really well for us last year, scored a lot of goals. And uh, just having him back in training, even though we're doing the small trainings now, it's been there's been a buzz around it. And uh, it's it's great to have a player of his quality. Um, you know, he's been in the TFC uh, ranks for a while now. Um, played so well last year to have a player like that for this season it, it's great to have and I think not only him but with the other boys we've brought in um, the coaching staff and Angus have done a great job in identifying what we need and what we need to build on from last year and uh, addressing that with the, the players they've been so really exciting yeah, I mean I wish we've I wish we were 15 games into the season right now, but uh, <laughs> you know we're going to have to wait to get uh, all of us on the pitch at the same time. So something to look forward to. Did you, uh, did you tell Emilio to put a word in for you? What's that? Did you tell Emilio <laughs> to put a word in for you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't forget me, bro. Um, yeah. So, like, uh, as you said there, like, you, you've, like, Ryan's obviously come in and you brought in, like, um, Michael Petrasso, Halifax legend, Arnon, Matthew Arnone. So, yeah. like, what what's the expectations uh, do you think for the season for you guys? Like like do you see yourselves going a bit better than last year? Absolutely. I think uh, with the with the team we have, with the boys we have, there's no reason why we shouldn't be contending at the end of the season. Um, we uh, we had a we had an up and down season last year. I think consistency was our um, our uh, our biggest problem, and uh, not having that depth in the squad. Um, you know, a lot of the teams got to rotate players and still have that top quality and uh, you know we stuck with the same team a lot of the season um, and I think with the players like I said with the players we brought in the quality just rises this the even the training right now is the standards been uh, higher than it was last year um, bringing Paul Staltarian as well has been a great addition to the backroom staff you know a player who's been in the national team played in Europe played in England um, has that experience has that Toughness, I would say. I mean, uh, it's like a boot camp at training. <laughs> but it's been good. It's been good. He's getting the best out of the players. He worked us hard. And uh, it's going to pay off in the long run on the field. And I think, uh, you know, like I said, we should be contending with the team that we have um, on paper. We should be contending. And uh, we're all looking forward to, to getting going and to getting playing again and, and showing the league what uh, what we've got and what we can do. Just saying there with the consistency, like I think every team apart from the top two kind of had mm. that blip. And it's probably, as you said, just the depth in squads. Like obviously they had yeah. the, the upper hand a little bit. I think chemistry as well. I know uh, obviously for Calgary, they all played together at Foothills and uh, most of the guys from Forge were together at Sigma. So 
Um, apart from those two, everything else was built from scratch. A lot of players mm -hmm. coming into the league never played with each other before, uh, different coaching True. staff. And uh, I think they definitely had the upper hand in terms of chemistry. And uh, I think it showed, uh, especially early on in the season, trying to get used to the players you're playing with, the system the coaches want to play, and uh, you know coming together as one team. But I think towards the end of the season, you could – tell that there was definitely some some higher chemistry some better chemistry among the teams and uh, I think it's even better this year just from going off uh, York 9 and then from the group I'm with right now I mean you know it's one of the best changing rooms I've been in uh, all the boys get along I've known all the boys for a really long time so um, like I said we're just eager to get playing together and getting on the field and, and showing what we can do on the field and know we can talk and and say we got this great team on paper but I mean it's all talk until you until you prove it and you gotta you gotta show it on the field so we're just you know we're raring to go and, and get back playing again as I think everyone else is as well. Luca, so you're talking about that this new players and everything. So how's that that the new players that are in the squad now? Like how's the squad looking? You can tell in training. Just like I said, the standards have all gone up. Um, bringing players like Chris Manello, who's played in the USL and has been with TFC, Petrasso, who's been in England and uh, in the UK, and with the national team as well. I mean, they're all quality players and. Uh, It, uh, it adds that competition for places, even though we're not playing any games right now. Competition and training is, is very, very intense. It's very high because you want to be the player that gets picked. You know, you want to show well every single day. Um, you want to beat out your opponents, especially with 23 good players, 22 good players. I don't, I don't know what we have, but uh, you're always competing for a spot and you always know the coaches are watching. And I mean, if you take a day off and slack, Um, the guy beside you's got the upper hand and then playing when the season comes around. So, I mean, it's been great competition for places. The standard's been great. And uh, I think this group is very special. And like I said, one of the, the better change rooms that I've been a part of. Coming back to your background too, um, you're half Canadian and your your dad is, your mom is Canadian and your dad is Aussie, right? The front of Australia. No. My mom's Canadian. My dad is Italian, but he was mm -hmm. born in Australia, moved to Italy. Oh, okay. Because I wanted to ask you, like, because your dad has those backgrounds. Have you ever considered just to try luck in the Hyundai A-League in Australia, perhaps the Serie A in, in Italy? Have you ever considered that? <laughs> yeah, just try your luck in the Serie A. Funny enough, <laughs> funny enough, I'll tell you guys a, a little story. Um, yeah. Back when I was 15... I think it was 14 or 15. I, uh, I spent two weeks uh, training with AC Milan's um, academy mm -hmm. in, uh, in Italy. So me and my dad flew over. I spent two weeks with the AC Milan academy. We went off in the mountains. They had their, you know, two a days every day um, running technical sessions. It was great. It was great for myself being so young, uh, being with these players. And uh, a few players are now playing in the Serie A. But uh, I actually showed really well. I was there for a couple of weeks, played a few friendlies. And luckily, my dad spoke Italian, so he could do all the translating for me with the coaches, uh, restaurants, and all that. But after the two weeks, they actually wanted me to sign. They, would, uh, they were very interested wow. in wanting me to sign. But at that time, I didn't have, I didn't have any, my European passport. So I strictly only had my Canadian passport. And... Uh, Rookie mistake. Yeah, so I, it was very difficult for me to actually to, to commit to that and to move over there. 
So my dad, he sacrificed here and moved to Italy for, I want to say eight months. So my dad moved to Italy for seven or eight months, lived with his relatives, worked from over there to prove that he was an Italian citizen so that me and my brother could get our Italian passports. And then by the time this whole process was over, maybe a year, year and a half, obviously they weren't interested anymore. So that was, uh, that closed that door. But for him moving over there and for us to gain the Italian passports was what allowed me to move into the UK, which allowed me to live in and play in Scotland. So, I mean, I owe a lot to that, a lot to him for, for sacrificing his life here to go move there, live with relatives, work from over there and uh, spend seven months away from, you know, his two boys and his wife at the time. So um, I owe a lot to him for, for getting me over to Europe and to, uh, you know, getting me where I wanted to be in uh, my soccer career. And obviously he was my coach from, from a young age. So I owe a lot to him. Hope you, got him, hope you got him something nice for Father's Day, man. Yeah. I, like, oh, I think geez. I got him a card at like oh. five o'clock at night. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <Corn> barbecue. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that's a really nice story. Thanks for yeah. sharing that. Um, next yeah, a lot time. of people, a lot of people don't know that about, uh, about my early career and uh, what my dad actually did to get me, the uh, the Italian passport so I could play in Europe. That that's great and and, mm-hmm. and kudos to your dad and you know like what what a great man MVP like next time if you when you play against Halifax and you're I mean if, if your dad comes like Anthony's buying the drinks for him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Just before you do that Carlos like how yeah. pissed off was you at AC Milan after living there for eight months to get you the fucking passport. Yeah. And then they're like, no nah, we're not interested anymore. Like he uh, must have been like uh, I think uh I think you realize that you know if AC Milan is interested in in the 14-year-old boy from Canada, there's going to be other opportunities in Europe. So I don't think he was necessarily doing it for me to sign with uh, with AC Milan. I think he was doing it for the future possibilities of me um, moving over to Europe. And uh, Mm -hmm. thankfully I did and (laughs) didn't let him down in a way and all that wasted time. But, uh, you know, know uh, I was able to do it and I was able to to use the passport to live there and to, uh, to play over there. So. It was a great opportunity, you know, was a great experience. And also it's, 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 uh, as, as it's not funny, but like, it's a really nice story. And mm-hmm. Italy is the land of defending, you know, the Cante Nacho. Yeah. So by the time that one of the biggest top club interested in you, exactly. that, that's, that's, that, that's, that's great. You know, that yeah. speaks for, for itself. So, so that was great. And more like going to, to the coaching, since your dad is a coach, like now doing this COVID situation, did he give you like any tips, you know, because every, you know, I know all the players are doing all these zoom exercises and everything just to do kind of like a virtual preseason. But with your dad being a coach, like did it give you any advantage? You know, he gave you like, you know, what's on, like you should be doing this, you know, like you got that coaching experience, like extra tips and stuff. You can share that. No, I think he stopped coaching me when I was <laughs> 1920, <laughs> but uh, yeah. No, I mean, uh, he works with a lot of young boys. He works with uh, an academy, so he works with mm-hmm. young boys from 12 to 16. So he's actually asking me to help him uh, with the sessions. And uh, I've been on a few Zoom meetings with uh, the defenders, you know, talking to the defenders and trying to pass on my experiences and my pointers to help them. And I think that's just 
the way it works, just the full cycle. He teaches me and then uh, I pass along to the next generation. So, uh, so you teach the kids how to do the Scottish tackle. Yeah, the Scottish tackle, a two-foot special. <laughs> right, right on the knee. Yeah, right, right on the knee. knee. Um, but no, I mean, uh, he taught me a lot. He, he was a, an excellent coach. I mean, we had one of the, the better teams in, in all of Canada for – um, under 14, 15, 16, before I, I went away, we won two national championships. We've got, you know, um, Jay Chapman, who's playing in the MLS, Mark Anthony Kay, who's playing for uh, LAFC. Uh, we were all part of the same mm -hmm. team. Um, Nico, Nico, who's the goalie for Calgary, was part of that team. Um, so, He's a friend uh, of the pup. Yeah, he is. Nico. He is amazing. Nico's <laughs> one of a kind. Is, he is the funniest <laughs> man I think I've ever met. Yeah, so he's, he's one of a kind. So yeah, uh, yeah we uh, we had a great team back then, and it was a lot to do with my dad and uh, bringing these players together and, and getting the best out of them. For you know, I, I think I played with Mark Anthony and Jay for six, seven years. Um, and obviously, it's great to see where they've where, where they've ended up and um, mm -hmm. their, the way their careers turned out. So. Um, but yeah, these days I know I'm trying to help him as much as possible and uh, his team and his young boys because I think they'd rather listen to a professional player than uh, you know, 53 year old man running around the field in the <laughs> <three>, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> well, yeah I try to help him out as much as possible that's fucking harsh <laughs> so um, say hi to Mr. Gasparotto go yeah, for yeah. it so um, I think I think he's 53 maybe so you don't know his birthday and you're going to stink you're a fucking awful son you know that right yeah, uh, yeah. so um, normally we just finish off the show with some uh, some kind of quick fire kind of questions so Carlos do you want to fire away there man yeah um what are your top three defenders? Sergio Ramos, Sergio Ramos, and Sergio Ramos, or, or just um, different ones? <laughs> top three defenders: Virgil Van Dyke. Uh, nice. Is this all time or current? All time, current, whatever you like. Uh, Maldini, Cannavaro, and Van Dyke. Wow, that's pretty special. Top notch. Top notch. Go for so, it, Anthony. So if you're uh, if you're going to be uh, playing in a five side tournament, from the players that you've played with yourself, uh, who would be on your team? Players I've played with. Um, this includes national team, right? Anybody you've ever played yeah, with? Anybody I've played with. Yeah, a lot of, I've played with a lot of people. Um, I'll, I'll go with the two boys I played club with, Mark Anthony and Jay. Play Scott Arfield um, with uh, the national team. Need two more. You can include yourself, right? Yeah, mine. And then uh, I'll put Nico in that. He's a good lad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so Fraser's no longer your friend, you know? What no, I mean? Fraser. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, well, I played with a lot of people. It's uh, it's tough to name them all. A lot of good people. I played against a lot of good people too. So, uh, what's the favorite? What's your favorite pair of boots you've ever owned? Um, I'm currently wearing. Well, I was sponsored by Umbro for for my full time in Scotland. So, um, I wore Umbro for the whole time, but. Uh, I'm currently wearing a pair of old school Diodoras, the nice leather, you know, black. Wow. Simple. So uh, they've treated me well this preseason. And, uh, you know. Where did you get those bad boys from? My dad. He <laughs> 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 found them in his closet. He passed them on to me. He's like, here, you can preseason. Like, okay. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> the, um, your favorite jersey you've ever played in? Uh, favorite jersey? The um, you can say York, you know, 
I do like the York one. I I like the this year's better than last year's. I think this year's is it's nice, nicer. Uh, that'll be nice to play in. Um, no, probably my first Rangers jersey. It was just a blue uh, logo. The uh, it had the game on the other side, so I have that framed up in my uh, oh nice my place here. So were you sad to see Yorkie go? No, he was a weird guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't come back. I hope I can do a bit better than that. But. Oh god, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, uh, I, 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 that's a great question, think, Anthony. Like, as a five-year-old kid coming to a game and you see that, it's, it's odd. It's fucking odd, man. It's I like, would have been bawling. I would have been crying, like, screaming. Like even like the even like the Pacific thing is a bit odd too. To be perfectly honest, starfish. Yeah, yeah that's a bit odd. Like I mean, like we've got like a, we've got like a dog running around, like like with yeah. a cape on it. But, you know, it's like. But Yorkie could have done a bit better. Yorkie, like he looks like a hooligan, like yeah. in a paint of bucket, you know, green, <laughs> like, you know, know, like old medicine, you know. So I'm dying to see what they come up with next. Like yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, man. Um, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, really, yeah, no really problem. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Um, just yeah. um, just one final question. So obviously, Jimmy's a Celtic fan. So how does that work? <laughs> we don't talk about it much. He'll give me the odd abuse sometimes, but uh, <laughs> after, after, he, after he keeps night. he keeps reminding me that I'm I'm wearing green. So you know. And uh, what about the night? <laughs> Did he mention the nine in a row? No, he never mentioned it. I mean, I think he knows it's still a bit unfair, but... Uh, it's a bit unfair. Rangers were cheating for 15 years, so that's where they got dumped down into the, the bottom bleeding division, man. Oh, Jesus we're Christ. Still, we're still not there yet. We're still, uh... <laughs> no, in all honesty, I wasn't a Rangers or Celtic fan before I moved over. I mean, you were, you were I, uh, you're... I knew very little. I knew very little about both before I moved over. I didn't realize how big of a club they were. I didn't realize the... the, the impact on, uh, it's crazy, yeah, right? I mean... It's their fucking. It's their life. It's their life. It's their, their livelihood. You know, they're they're waking up. They're going to the pub. They're going to the game. And then win or lose, they're back to the pub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to next day. I mean, it's crazy. It's um, you're you're obviously a Falkirk fan before you went over, right? So yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I can tell. So yeah, man. I, we, I have we, to look on the map. I don't know where they were. <laughs> <laughs> where's where's Morton? Is that outside Glasgow? Morton is, is about uh, half uh, twenty minutes east of Glasgow. Yeah, past the airport. Okay, Close, like past uh, just past Paisley. So yeah, man. Th- thanks so much. Hopefully, we'll get the season up and running soon. Yeah, hope. Um, yeah. We, uh, we'd, we'd love to see you and uh, Matt Arnone and the defense together. See how you guys get on together. And uh, yeah. Stay safe and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you too, guys. Thank you for having me. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Luca. Yeah, pleasure. Take care, take care, guys. Take care, guys. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks to Luca and Carlos for hanging out with us. Thanks to our listeners for their support. Don't forget to check out our store at redbubble.com. Just search for Down the Pub Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Down the Pub Pod and Twitter at Down the Pub C1. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.